Welcome to the Ashburnham Golf Club Members Podcast, where you can get to know some of our members, stay up to date with current affairs, and even hear from some of our staff members. Here's your host, your head PGA professional, Tom Davis. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. This is episode uh, number two. And uh, today I've got a guest who some of you would have met, hopefully all of you have met uh, and starting to get to know. Uh, I'd like to say a big welcome to uh, my assistant and assistant pro, Dominic. How are you doing, Dom? Not too bad, hi guys. Um, well, this is this is fun. The first ever podcast for me. So yeah. this is gonna be, yeah, this is going to be good. Do, do you listen to podcasts out of interest? I do sometimes. I watch them on YouTube and stuff like that. So ah, okay. Um, there's a few YouTubers that I, I watch where I've, I've watched a few golf YouTube uh, podcasts as well. They're, they are interesting. Yeah. Nice to go run and just put a podcast on. Yeah. I, I, I listen to loads of podcasts uh, when I'm training, uh, in the car, going back and forth to work and yeah. stuff. I, I, I love it to be fair. And um, hopefully some of the members will enjoy this as well. And I, I think yeah, it's, quite, yeah. it's quite a cool way of uh, keeping people up to date and just interacting with people. Uh, that's the alarm going off. Um, just in case anybody can can hear that, they probably can. They're used to that noise anyway. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, hopefully hopefully everyone will enjoy it. So so Tom, like I said in the introduction, hopefully you've met most people. Um, I think so. Yeah. Hopefully. I I was actually quite surprised uh, during the first lockdown. There was a period after where um, I was in the shop for probably. I don't know, four or five weeks, I couldn't do any teaching or fit in. And I was really surprised how many members I hadn't met. And I'd been working here for, for a year, so I'm sure, yeah. or over a year. Um, so I'm sure there's a lot more people that you'll get to meet and they'll get to meet you as well. But for anybody yeah. who's not met you uh, and perhaps don't know you, give us a bit of a, an idea on uh, you, uh, where where you're from, what, um, what got you into golf initially. And uh, yeah, just give us an idea. Right then. Um, so for anyone who's on you and who hasn't met me, I'm Dominic. Uh, I'm Tom's new assistant professional. I am from Morriston, Swansea. So that, the other that, side that, of the that won't be new for a lot of people because you don't stop talking about Morriston. Yeah, that is true. Um, Golf-wise, I probably started playing when I was around six or seven. Okay. So I was fairly young when I started. Um, and my dad got me into it because he played a lot of golf and he played some cricket when he was younger. And then he got me into that straight away then when I was a kid. Yeah. And it, it sort of caught a little fire in me and uh, carried on going ever since then. Yeah. What, um, can you remember kind of like the, like one of the shots you hit to start off with, which you look back now and you just think, I, I remember that shot. And, you know, it might, it might it might not be a good shot in context of where you are now, but like I, I can remember a shot that I hit you yeah, know, early in my golfing days, which um, you know my golfing days were up in my steak. Uh, but but yeah, have, have you have you got one of those that you can kind of like draw back yeah, on? Yeah, it, it was in a, a coaching session, uh, like a, just a big junior coaching session in Morriston, um, and the, the pro put an umbrella only about fifty yards away, and uh, I was the only one to hit it in the umbrella. So nice. I think it was about. I think it was eight or nine at the time. So, you know, so that's, that's a memory that I always have. Yeah. But, when it, but I take that even to now when I'm doing pitching, when I'm practicing, I always think back to I was much better pitching at eight than I am at 21. <laughs> that That's definitely not going to be the case, is it? But, um, <laughs> well, if, if, it, if it is, you know, you've got to work on your pitching. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm getting the umbrella now. Exactly. So you started when you were six or seven. Yeah, about six or seven. Started having coaching when? Straight, yeah, straight away. Straight away. Straight away. Chucked me in the uh, sort of the with the big junior classes in Morrison uh, on a Saturday uh, in a Saturday morning. Um, you know, there was a few of my friends at the time were going as well. So yeah, and you and you made new friends as well. I think that's the best part of of junior coaching, especially when you're doing. A big session you meet a lot more people that yeah. you might not even be in school with they might be from different schools so yeah yeah I, i've got to be honest that looking back on my junior golf like I'm, I'm surrounded by friends now who i've all met through golf 
And yes. uh, I, I could probably count on my hand the amount of times that I've, I've bumped into someone from school over the last 10 or 15 years, which is next to nothing. All of my friends now have all come through, you know, playing golf, playing junior golf, uh, you know, working at different golf clubs as well. I've made some good friendships. Um, and and it, it's super important. And, it, and it's something which I I think that, you know, if, if we can get that into some of the juniors that are in Ashburnham uh, and get them to create friendships and yeah. build relationships with, you know, even older people. Like there's, like I, I look back now and there's there's some older guys and and ladies actually up in my say golf club that I could probably go up there now, have a game of golf with them. You know, they might be 30 years older than me. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. You, you do build special relationships uh, in a golf club. And I, I think it's, it's something which is massively over it. Well, not overrated, is underrated uh, as one of the benefits that you get from playing golf. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's there's a group in, in Morriston that took me under their wing when I was about 16, and they were all mm. 25 to 35, and I, I'm still friends with them now. You know, I, yeah. I, if, if I needed a game in Morriston, I know I just need to ring one of those, and, you know, straight away I can go have a tea time at half 10 or something and, and crack yeah. on, you know. It's it's quite it's quite it's quite interesting and they're just looking back on things and um yeah, it's just one of the beauties of the sport, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So you started Ashburnham August last year, I think. August last year. August twenty twenty, uh, middle of a global yeah. pandemic. Not a great start to a new career, but uh <laughs> Well, it's not really a new career for you, is it? You've worked in golf. Well, before. no, no, but a new a new a new golf club and, and you know, and then learning new people's faces where they're constantly in and out which I guess that was probably a good thing because more people were probably playing just after the pandemic than than they would have normally um yeah you might have still been off work or something so yeah. I guess it was kind of good because I there was a lot more tea times booked so you could meet a lot more faces then yeah I I think you've had you've had a better start than than me to be honest in terms of yeah. meeting people because when I when I started which was November 2018 you know so it's it's over two years which is crazy to even think you know it, it wasn't mandatory the people needed to come in and check in um and and I, th I think that's one of the reasons like i alluded to earlier is that you know when people did start to come in and they had to come in to check in i met so many different people and got to see so many different faces and i was like wow <laughs> it just shows you really that how many kind of not car park golfers there are but how many people just kind of you know they, they don't really feel the need to come into the shop and um yeah you know, it's, it's quite it's quite nice, actually, quite nice seeing seeing different faces and different people. It is, it is, because you you do get that in a lot of golf clubs where you just get members who, you know, they they don't need to come in and buy a Mars bar or, or a mm. drink or a pack of teas. They just get the clubs out of the car, see their friends, walk straight to the first tee. You know, you don't you don't even get especially well where our our pro shop is. Most of the time, you do you do get a, a good wave. But yeah. in some golf courses where maybe the clubhouse is around the back or around the front where you don't really tend to walk straight past it. So you don't really see the members as much then. Yeah. And, you know, I, I get it. You know, people don't need to, especially members, they don't need to come in every day and, uh, you know, buy products. Um but it's it's not just why we're here either, you know. We can yeah, give exactly. updates on the golf course and 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 even something as simple as just just having a conversation, you know, is yeah. is is really nice. And you know, just getting to know people and getting to know you know their family background and where they work and stuff. It's um it's really nice. And I, I think for me, even though it's been you know super tough through lockdown, I think it has given me the opportunity to create and the members like a better environment to a degree because I know people a little bit more now uh, yeah, I think yeah. I think it's good yeah yeah I'm um, building relationships in in a, in a golf club is really important so to get the members in just to have a general chat with you is is really important not just to come in or buy anything like you just said yeah. you know and, and and also as well you know these chats like they don't have to be serious. Like no, no, God, you know, no. I enjoy I enjoy a bit of banter. I I I can I can take it as good as I can give it. Um, you definitely can't take banter. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's why you're the butt of all jokes. Um, <laughs> and and it it's a, it's an invite really for some of the members to come in and take advantage of that. Oh, Dom, by I would means, say. By all means, I run, you know. You know, in my, my 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 mates in my group chat, I am the butt of all jokes. But 
I'm used to it. So if you if you want to come in and, and rip into me, by all means, come on. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, to, to be fair to you, um, I wouldn't say your banter is really bad, but you've got a very good sense of humour and, um, you know, you, you definitely take it quite well. Um, yeah, quite, there's, quite... A lot, there's a lot of things that you can just take, take you know, take the mick out of me for, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I think you leave yourself open a lot of times, mind. I've got to be Yeah, honest. I agree, I yeah. agree. Well. Um, but yeah, you're an, I wouldn't say an easy target, yeah. but you, you do present <laughs> a lot of easy targets to us, uh, certainly to me anyway, it's good. So yeah. golfing-wise, Dom. Um, yep. You've started Ashburnham, like we said, August last year. Um, mm-hmm. Had a chance to play the course match? I played, well, I played it. Uh, when was the last time I played it? I think um, just before the, the the second lockdown, you can call it. Yep. That sort of two-week spell that we had off. Um, and I think I've, I've always played Ashburn as well as a junior mm. um, when I was playing you know, county golf or whatever. And it's always been in fantastic condition. It's always been one of those golf courses where you can play it any weather, any day of the year and it's always in good condition i think the greens are probably the best at you know october better than any anywhere else you know yeah. in, in in Wales. sometimes you can go so i love i love ashburnham as a course you know i'm, I'm from morrison which is more of a parkland course so i'm not quite i'm not quite fully used to playing links golf as much yeah it is a nice change definitely yeah i i, I think it's um it is a class course, and I, I'm not. I'm not saying that because, um, you know, I work here, and I'm sure you're not saying it because you sure. work here. And I even said in my interview when when I came down a couple of years ago that, you know, Ashburnham is one of my favourite courses because yeah. I do feel like it's really fair. Uh, it, it presents a good test, uh, especially when the wind is up, but also. You know, if you're playing well, it does give you opportunities to uh, to have birdies or to make net birdies, Definitely. and I, I I do think it's quite a fair golf course uh, from that standpoint. So g- going back to your experience on the course so far, and maybe sort of touching on some of the junior events that you played, what what would be kind of um, you know a few standout holes for you on the course? Um, well, my favourite looking hole. Probably the let's try and go through them all now. Um, I think my favorite looking hole is probably the 16th tee. Okay. Um, that the par three big drop yeah. down the hill. Um, I think any summer's day, you know, you look out and, and, and see uh, all that view is incredible for, for just for, for a place where you, you think it's quite a flat golf course. You, you get that sort of add-on, yeah. you know, little add-on. So that is, that, that's probably my favourite um, looking hole. But my favourite hole uh, actually to play would probably be the 14th. Yeah. Because I think it's such a... You can play it with five, six different tee shots you can hit. You know, you can lay up with, again, five different, six different clubs. And then, you're, you know, you can go for it as well if, you, you know, if you're long enough. So... yeah. I think the way that green is is sloped as well, and having those um those uh you know sort of, what the word I'm looking for sand dunes around it as yeah. well, um make it a, quite a test testing hole, but at the same time quite a fun hole. So yeah, that's always one that stands out to me. Yeah, I I think it is it is a very very good hole, and um, you know you can play it in so many different ways. You yeah. have to play it in so many different ways as well because of the the, the weather conditions, the wind direction, where the tee markers are as well. There's such a big difference between the yellow tees and the blue tees, um, like there are in a lot of holes in Ashburnham and a lot of links courses. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I think the way in which that green is framed with uh, all of the sand dunes, you know, even from 70 yards with, with a bit of a side wind, you know, yeah. it's not an easy shot there to, to try and get the ball, I wouldn't say on the green, but certainly to get it close to the hole. Um, you know, the, the wind catches that golf ball and you can be halfway up one of those dunes quite easily, um, especially with your level of pitching, like you, you said earlier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 70 yards out and I'll probably hit 150. <laughs> Brilliant. So just rolling back a bit, Dom. Like we said, you started Ashburnham in August. What were you what were you doing before that? So I was working behind the bar in Morrison Golf Club. Okay. Um I was there. I I've been been part of Morrison Golf Club since I was, you know, eight. So everyone knew me there. So getting a job to do with golf was the that was the first place. Yeah. 
I was I was thinking of going because um, it is two minutes up the road for me anyway. So um, I worked in the pro shop there for uh, a year, um, and then um, our pro went to go to work for Klein Golf Club. Yeah. Um, so then, while you know everything was was going about looking for a new professional, I took up the, the, a job behind the bar, and I stayed there for two years until you know some other circumstances came up, and I saw your uh, an ad for your uh, the job in here uh, on Facebook, I believe, and uh, I went for it. You know, it's, it's always something I've wanted to do, being a, an assistant professional, and then hopefully then turn full professional. Um, yeah, I went. For it, you know. Did you, is that your only experience working in golf in Marston? Uh, no, I, I also, when I was 17, I did a year in American golf, um, which that was, a, I think that was probably the the most experience I could take from customer sales. Yeah. When it came to interaction with people that you don't know. Yeah. Like, you know, going to Marston, I know everyone straight away. I They know me because they've seen me, you know, for the last 10 years, where if I go to American golf, there's, you see 100 people a week that yeah. you've never seen before, you know, and you've got to make up these new new relationships and build rapport with different people. And, uh, you know, those relationships, hopefully then, as you know, a sale basis of a job. So you're hopefully getting then getting sales off them. When they come in, they'll ask for you. They won't ask for anyone else. So, you know, building those relationships with customers have been a big big yeah. experience working in American golf and I think that has that has helped me moving on from Morriston Golf Club moving to Ashburn and I can build better relationships with people yeah I, I think it's it's something which probably a lot of members don't really um, appreciate actually that when you work in different golf environments and even different golf clubs um, and I can relate to what you were saying there with you growing up in Morriston because like you did, you've worked in the shop in Morriston. Yeah. I've been the head professional in a club that I grew up in as well. Yeah. And, you know, you don't have to work hard to build those relationships. You've already got them. And apart from new members coming through the door, um, you know, th- those those relationships really are already there. And then you go to a completely different environment then, like Amer- American golf. And I've had it to a certain degree with other golf clubs I've worked in, which is a little bit more kind of... Um, how would I put it, commercial, uh, yeah. so to speak, yeah. is that those those relationships you have to develop, um, they're not necessarily long-term relationships, but you, like no. you say, you've got to build rapport very quickly with people. And, um, you know, they might only be in the shop for 10 or 15 minutes and you might not see them for another six months, another year. Um, and it, it, it's a very, very different skill, I think, is trying to build a relationship with somebody over a long period compared to building a relationship with someone, you know, in 15 minutes. Yeah. And and then also, you know, just having those relationships already working in an environment is is invaluable. And, you know, the, the whole relationship stuff, and I've told you this before, when you're working on tour, you know, that's the thing which makes you successful is the relationships yeah. you have with players uh, and essentially your clients, you know, and it's the same as working you. Um, you know, our success as a team is probably going to be dictated by how well we get on with the members. And if we don't get on well with the members, um, we're probably not going to be successful, neither of us. <laughs> Which is why I encourage people to come in and abuse us, really, because, yeah. um, you know, that that's what it's all about. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. Yeah, uh, you, you've nailed that. Um, I've got nothing else to, to, really, to really say on that part. Um, yeah, you, you pretty much nailed nailed that that bit there. Where 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 do you see your career going, Dom? Um, that's a good question. Um, because I've always I've always wanted to do something regarding golf. Um, probably when I had the choice to pick my options in GCSE, you know, I always I I always had that sort of thought in in the back of my mind anyway. Um, and then. When else I got into American golf and I started doing some custom fitting mm. to to a you know to a sort of certain level, um, I got the bug for it and I really just wanted to keep going with that and trying you know different things, especially when new golf clubs come in. I'm straight online searching them, looking at different specifications on them, which is quite sad, but I do it anyway. Um, and then 
I think going forward, um, fitting will be a, a big thing that I'd like to push. Um, and then yeah. maybe who knows, you know, you know, if I, if I don't become a, a head pro at my own golf club, then you know, work on touring on a tour truck fitting the same way you did it with uh, with TaylorMade, you know, getting get those, you know, those, those player relationships and, and fitting and club building with tour pros, you know, yeah. you know with the, the, the people that you watch on TV. You know, yeah, those, yeah. Those. yeah it's, it's good. It's good ambition. And um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting journey. And like, I, I got a little bit lucky, I've got to be honest. Um, and a lot of people don't know this. You might not know this either. But when I was working in my SIG golf club as a head pro, I seen an advert very much like you seen an advert for here. I seen an advert for a, a tour rep for TaylorMade. And um, I didn't think I'd been fitting at a retail level, uh, barely fitted a, a good player, I would say. Um, and when I say good player, you know, no, nobody below kind of like, you know, a three or four handicap kind of thing. Yeah. Um, a lot of good players within a club environment, but nobody I would consider kind of like to be the elite of the elite kind of thing, you know, which would give me any experience going forward on tour. And uh, I applied for that job and uh, I, I was lucky that I had a relationship with someone who was inside the TaylorMade tour team already and I actually got to the final, uh, the final interview, which was a three-day interview in Spain. At a, tour, at a tour event and I didn't get the job and a lot of people don't know this that I, I didn't get the job first first time round um, but I did while I was there build a relationship with uh, a couple of guys on the range who when I first went up to them I didn't know who they were and one of them was the inventor of Trackman and uh, I built a relationship with them very quickly started asking a lot of questions and they pretty much offered me a job uh, there and then. And I was like, uh, uh, I'm actually on <laughs> another interview here. Um, thank you very much. Can I take your card and I'll, I'll get in touch with you when I'm back kind of thing. And uh, as soon as I didn't get that job with Taylor May, then I took the Trackman job because I knew that it, it would be a relationship thing which would get me that job. And it's very rare that you'll get somebody who goes into a tour team who's not already got relationships with players, uh, yeah. with a tour team, with manufacturers. And that was kind of my route into it is, uh, you know, working for Trackman, going on tour, working with a lot of the players on the Trackman uh, unit, giving them advice on their numbers. And uh, there was one email, right, which came from a guy in TaylorMade and he sent, he sent it to me and basically said, uh, can you have a look at these numbers? I've given this advice to a coach based on the, the player's data with the driver that I'm trying to fit them. Mm. And I, I remember it like it was yesterday because it was a Friday night. It was about 7, 8 o'clock. And I was like, oh. you know, sometimes, you, you know, you get a message or an email at the wrong time. And this was the wrong time. Um, <laughs> but I thought, right, I'm just going to, I'm going to reply to this. I'm going to just give it, give it my, my undivided attention. And my reply to that email got me the, got me a job with TaylorMade. They didn't advertise next time around. Uh, oh. they, they came kind of head, uh, head-hunted me. Um, but I got really lucky that because I think if I, had, if I had sent that email very quickly and didn't give it much attention, yeah. I, I don't think I would have got the job with TaylorMade. And I probably wouldn't be here now, I would say, because I think it would have completely changed my uh, direction of my career. Mm. So it's... Um, yeah, it's, 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 quite, it's quite interesting to hear that you've got a similar ambitions to kind of yeah, yeah. I, I, and um, again, to my career path. Coaching-wise as well, I think you you have to want to do coaching if you're going to be you know, a PJ professional where you've got to, you've got to enjoy. You want, you, I've always liked teaching people, you know, how to play golf or, you know, like my mates, for instance, if they, if they don't know what they're doing wrong, you know, I'll, I'll even just, I'm not, you know, I'm not even, I wasn't even qualified at 17, you know, and, and I was just looking at them and thinking, okay, maybe you should tweak this, maybe you should tweak that. And I've always been interested in doing that as well. So, you know, yeah. I, I like how a golfing career has so many other paths as well. Yeah. And you can, you can learn a lot through the, the three years of doing your, you know, your, your coaching course, Yeah. your PJ course. And you don't have to be fixed on one part of it either. You know, yeah, there's, I agree. There's business, there's coaching, there's fitting, you know, being a manager of a golf club as well is on there. So, 
there's there's all there's all these options that you don't have to choose straight away yeah and you can you can use more than one you know you're you're doing coaching fit in running your own business you know there's there's so many options and you don't have to just pick one of them you can do all yeah. three four if you want you know, I'll, t- I'll tell you something for nothing as well is the options which you think are available right now those yeah. options expand tenfold yeah. as you start to go into one of them as well. So, yeah. like, if you if you did say, right, you know, fitting is my avenue. I want. I'm really passionate about equipment. Uh, I really like working with people. Um, when when you start going into that kind of like area and specialising in that area, the options then start to, you know, they they they, they kind of expand again. You know, and um, yeah. that is the beauty of the the golf industry. I, I I don't think it's an easy industry to be successful. Um, and there's a lot of people that come into the industry and then end up getting kind of like spat out the other side. Um, <coughs> excuse me. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a brilliant, brilliant industry. And I, I think that, you know, the club pro role is such an old school role. Yeah. Um, but it's one, it's one of the best. It, it really is because it, it gives you so much variety. It's it's hard when you've got a lot of variety because there's a lot of a lot of plate spinning that you've got to do. But yep. um, for, for for me personally, you know, coming into work, doing, I might do two lessons, then I might do a fit in, then I might have junior coaching, then I might have a meeting with Damien, and that that variety I think is uh, is very good for you mentally. Um, however. At the same time, spinning all of those plates when you've got to follow up with that person and you know answer that call. I mean, my phone it just goes bananas, but that's another story. We could do a whole podcast on that. <laughs> that's the end of um, episode, I but yeah, you, you've 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 got a, you've got a, you've got a lot of interesting um, situations in front of you, I think. And uh, yeah. the most important thing is just get the PGA uh, training done. Mm. Um, you know, do do a bunch of lessons on the way through, do a bunch of fit ins, and you know. Have, Hopefully, I can help you with with a lot of that as well, and um, yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah, yeah, really looking forward to it. Really yeah. looking forward. To it. What, what about what about playing wise? Um, I'm 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 still going to play. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm going to try and 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 try and do different events. I know this year uh, is you know depending on how how COVID nineteen goes, where it depends how much I'm going to play. Um, but I know regarding my 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 course that I'm on now, my three year uh, PJ training, um, you have to do uh, twenty one events um, over the last, over the three years. So you know I I'll probably do seven a year, which you which you're you're meant to be doing. Um, and I know they're they're all just sort of R and A um, assistant professional events. Mm. Um, I could enter slightly higher end ones maybe um but yeah i'm gonna you know try my best through all of them you know get my practice done beforehand and and, and go for it there you know mm-hmm. I, I i wouldn't say i'm a bad player but i'm not uh quite the pga tour level european tour level you know golfer but uh it's experience as well you know it, it's i've never played in a professional competition before mm. i've never had you know i've never played in a competition uh like a big big competition you could you could call it um you know, i played junior county uh, junior county events um a few uh welsh golfing events but nothing nothing you know that is every there's you know i don't know how many people go to these p you know pro events but i probably the, the most people i've ever played against might be 30 where yeah it could be 80 in in, in, yeah. in, you know, in yeah. the pro events so it'll be different. It'd be good to get your opinion on on what you think of the standard on uh, the West Region because, mm. like, I've played a lot of West Region events. Um, I've I've played events outside of the West Region as well, and been lucky to work on on tour. And mm. it's really it's really interesting, right? Because when you play on the West Region, there's normally like a bunch of guys who uh, pretty much are towards the top of the leaderboards, every pro am, every event. Um, and you know they are the creme de la creme in terms of uh, the the region. Uh, they've got a lot of uh, you know a lot of ability, um, a lot of um, a lot of skill and talent. And then when you see those guys then uh, qualifying for events like the BMW PGA uh, in Wentworth, and you see them you know next to the range against a uh, almost like a journeyman you know tour player. Yeah. 
the 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 levels between those two are like ridiculous. Yeah, um, I find I, I I find with a playing if you go down a playing career that if you start off in sort of just your general region regional golf, maybe end up on a you know a a, a tour a smaller tour. I think they what they got at the moment. You've got the Euro Pro Tour yeah. challenge for golfer. You know their next levels up from the regional. And then to actually physically earn good money from those tours, you've got to be winning. Yeah. And then it, the in, bottom in, line it, to it is you, you won't. Yeah, that that's, is the bottom line. That's to it, the know. bottom yeah. line to it. And, and, and unless you're yeah. unless your levels above that tour already, where you can go onto yeah. that tour for one year, earn I don't know, hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand euros, and then go straight onto European tour and, and keep your card. For you to play three, four, five, six seasons on Challenge Tour, it's very unlikely you're going to make a living doing that. Yeah, um, yeah, that's and 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 I, I've spoken to people who, who have tried that. I know there's a few. I know I know a few people that are still trying to do it. And and listening to what they have to say and and their experiences and it is it is a tough world out there when you want to become a, a golfing player, not just a coach or or yeah. fitter or something like that. You know, yeah. you have to be. You have to have that sort of star quality to you, you know. When you're hitting, as you said, going on a range and you're just watching a regional golfer who who's managed to qualify into a pro event, a proper, mm. you know, proper European pro event, and then a a European tour player that's that you know scrape maybe scrapes by yeah. by you know, some of the some of the events, and the difference is huge. Yeah. And what what a lot of people don't realize as well, and when I say people, I mean players, is that, you know, you can reach a certain level at um, amateur level and you can be at a certain level, let's say, on the Europro Tour, Challenge Tour. And, you know, eventually there's a point where you start to get caught, uh, caught out. And it's not necessarily the competition and the players which change because the, the competition is always... Um, is always tough you know there's always good players around you but the one thing that changes more than anything as you go through those ranks is the courses so the courses will get longer yeah. uh, they'll get more demanding um, you know the, the travel gets um, more demanding as well yeah. and you know you can have two players and Aled would be a really good example here right um, and I think Aled is exactly where anybody needs to be really when they start to consider you know can, can I play for a living? Um, yeah. Because, you know, he can pitch up in Ashburnham, go around four or five under in, in a breeze, you know. Um, and, and that's the kind of standard I think that you need to be to even consider, you know, playing for a living. Oh, um, and, you know, you're not really going to realise your potential until you start playing on these different levels and, and playing on the different courses as well. Like, and, and there'll, there'll be a point where maybe it would be club head speed, uh, maybe it would be put in um, on the different green types and different grasses and different slope types, uh, you know, different severities of slopes. There'll be something which will, will catch somebody out, you know. Yeah. Um, and, you know, all credit to Aled. I think I think he's an unbelievable player. And um, I, I, I think he genuinely is in a position where, you know, he, he can consider taking, like, that next step towards playing. Yeah. Um, whereas if I rewind in my mind to kind of where he was, uh, I was a million miles behind where he was, you know, at, at his, I, at his I age. Think, yeah. I think I'm, I'm probably the same age as Aled and I, I know I played, I've played County uh, games with him. Um, and I can, I, I know for a fact I'm, I'm I am behind where he is hundred yeah. percent. You know, when you just look at the, the way he plays and, I think I, I can I can remember going back a memory of, of of Alan trying to think. I think it was we played a county game at Royal Port Court mm. and we played under 18s at the time uh, versus the under 16s at the time. And you know that's it's not I wouldn't say it's unfair. You can have some really really good 16 year olds there that are off scratch. And I think Alan was off scratch at the time. And oh, poor boy, the way that you played against, I think Alid won eight and seven and or something, <laughs> something like that. And, yeah, you know, it's it's one of those one of those things you know, that 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 happened. Um, and, and I know we we're, we're, we're talking yeah. a lot about Alid now, right? And and I think it's um, you know for, for a lot of members who'll be listening to this, I think that what they don't really understand is 
you know, they see Ireland, they see him shooting, you know, great scores all the time around Ashburn. And yes, he's talented, but I don't think a lot of people understand kind of like the amount of work that he's put in over the last three or four years mm-hmm. because yeah, he, he's, he, he's had a tough time with injuries. And I, I remember speaking to him, um, this is before I started at, uh, at Ashburn. Um, uh, I, I don't know whether I was working on tour at the time or not. Uh, it may have been just after I finished. And, you know, some of his numbers from a track man standpoint uh, were really poor. And, you know, he, he would he would tell you straight as well. I remember him telling me that, you know, he was kind of like two degrees up with an eight iron, which, you know, for, for anybody who doesn't really understand much about track man, you know, a good number with an eight iron is about four or five down. So you're actually got a, a descending blow and he was hitting up on it. Um so he was he was a long way off, and for him to turn it round and now be in a position where you know I I think he can he can push forward and explore that next level, um, you know the work he's put in is 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 incredible, and uh, a, a lot of members don't probably haven't seen how much work he's put in, and don't yeah. appreciate how hard it is to to have an injury to not be moving that well and swinging that well and then turn it around and work really hard and get to where he is now. And, yep. um, yeah, it's impressive, really impressive. It is. I think the biggest part, you know, of, you, you know, you have all this talent and you have all this ability, but the biggest part going forward to improve is always practicing. Yeah. I, as a, as a junior golfer, I thought, you know, in the summer holidays, I'd practice or practice, you know, and play. 24-7, you know, yeah. somehow I was up a golf course five days a week for the entire day. You know, we'd, we'd probably play in the morning, go have food, and then we'd practice in the afternoon where now I think I don't practice as much. I I don't play any real golf in the winter anymore. You know, once, once the, you know, once the, once it gets darker, at four o'clock, my clubs go away. <laughs> well, I, I can I can tell you something, Dom. Right, is that if you follow a similar career path to me, your average rounds of golf will go down every single year uh, yeah. as as your career gets longer and longer. And um, I've literally uh, played eight holes on this golf course probably in the last eighteen eighteen months yeah. to, to two years. Um, that it's, is, that's the best the best part about being a professional golfer in a club shop you don't play golf yeah ex- <laughs> exactly exactly and it's, it's it's quite tough as well i think like you know you spend i spend a lot of time here a lot of members don't think i spend a lot of time here but i, I do <laughs> um it's quite interesting I, c- I come to work and people say that i'm never here and then i go home and my other half says that i'm never there so like i, I don't know where i don't know where i am yeah in between but yeah i'm, I'm somewhere um but uh but yeah it's it, it's tough because you know you do it do a long week um you know and work doesn't stop when for me, when when the shop closes, you know, mm-hmm. there's still stuff to do afterwards. There's still stuff to do before I come in, um, and uh, you know, to kind of take four, five, six hours out of my weekend, or uh, even three hours after work, you know, to go and play nine holes or something yeah. is um, it's, it's it's a tough one to manage. It really is. You know, I agree. You know, there there was a time at the the very start. You know, even with me, once the, once the shop kind of closes, I'm I I travel back to Morriston mm-hmm. and do the rest of my day and then I, I wake up and go back to work. But mm. I think at the very start where I was finishing work and then going, oh, I'll have a quick half hour on the practice, you know, putting green, I'll have a quick half hour chip in. If the swing room was free, I'd go in there for an hour. Yeah. And that, that went that that routine went quite well for the first two months maybe. But then yeah. eventually it, it comes to the point where you once you you finish work, sometimes you just want to go, oh, God, you know, I have 35 minutes of travel to get home so do I really want to be here for another hour and then travel home for 35 minutes you know it, it, it gets to that point then where mm. it's sort of okay I've finished work you know I'll go home now you know I don't want I, I, I couldn't even think about picking a golf club up yeah where, and, and to be fair like you you probably don't know this quite yet and I, maybe I shouldn't tell you but um <laughs> You know, I've been lucky to work in a lot of different golf clubs, like I mentioned earlier, and um, a, a lot of different environments in golf clubs as well, where you've got busy members clubs, privately owned clubs, um, 
you know, clubs that have just opened, you know, yep. um, which a lot of people will be familiar and, and probably know me from anyway from my time working in McInnes when I first opened. Um, but Ashburnham genuinely is a really, really tough club to work in the shop at because mm. it's, it's very demanding in terms of uh, there's a really good, uh, strong members um, kind of section to, to, to provide for and a service to provide for. There's a big demand from visitors. There's often a lot of societies. So it, it's, it's kind of nonstop. And in other clubs, and I'm sure you can relate to this in Morriston, you know, you can you can go in, you know, that there'll be the members playing in the morning. You might not see anybody then until two, three, oh. four in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um Ash Ashburnham is not like that, and it's quite. It's quite. I think it's quite demanding. Um, a lot of people don't believe me, <laughs> but it uh, is. It is a, de- from, from it is a demanding golf club to work at. Yeah, yeah, but but it's it's good at the same time because you know you're not you're not really just looking at the wall for two hours thinking bloody hell you know um, you know there's there's always stuff to do. And there's always, you know, an inquiry coming through on the phone and there's somebody to book in. And, um, yeah, it's, it, it's it's tough, but I think it's equally rewarding as well. Yeah, go, going back to what you said on how many visitors we get in and, and societies, I think that's that's something that then will always, you know, tick over your day mm. where you have a good member basis and you have a good base where all the members have booked in, you know, you've got, um, I forgot what day what day they all go out, but in the morning you'll have that first tea time uh, half seven till, and you you see all the members then until say eleven o'clock, and then there could be a chunk of, of visitors booking, and you see that almost every day where there's there's at least I think you see at least one or two mem- or two visitors there playing Ashburnham per day. Never mind, you know the societies that you can get per month then, or, or you know a couple in two in in two months. Yeah. Um, so I think that's that's unlike other golf courses. You, you know, you see that in 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 the big golf courses, um, but where you know, when I was from Morriston, you you, you didn't see that. You'd see a, a visitor for probably one or two per week, not per day. Um, you don't see anyone on the weekends. Um, you know, the weekends were members all booked their tea times, and then you wouldn't see them after. Yeah, I think it was one o'clock. Um, on a Saturday afternoon, which is baffles me. That does, you yeah. know, Saturday afternoon and the course, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it is really, really interesting. And, um, you know, I, I think that's one of the, the challenges, which is, um, you know, people don't see it. It's almost like a silent challenge. You know, you think working in a golf shop is quite easy and, you know, it, it's very pleasant um, a, a lot of the time, but, you know, especially this year where, you know, everything has had to be booked in. Uh, the phones goes nonstop. We've had a lot of members inquiries. It's been, it's been a di- well last year. It's been a tough old year to kind of to work in the shop. And I, I don't think you've quite seen the full extent of the visitors yet either. No, I, I don't think I have either. Yeah, you know, I, 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 th- I think you've got a whole new um, level to to, to to go up on. Uh, yeah. And hopefully, we'll we'll see that going into this year when when the restrictions start to, to ease a little bit. Yeah, I think because with with when I started, which was uh, sort of the middle middle-ish of August, um, you know, that's coming to the end, sort of slowly coming to the end of the the season as well. Mm. Um, tournaments, why I think I I'm I I was there for the last four or five Saturday tournaments um, before we went into the winter golf. Um, whereas you know, season starts April, sort of April the first, you can say. So I think golf courses are probably their busiest from end of april till the middle of august that's that's your your peak times where you'll see all the visitors all the different competitions we're running or all, all the different competitions we're running for the for the for the members societies are, are a massive thing i you know i i my biggest one of my earliest memory sorry my latest memories of, of ashburnham just before i got the job was i played there in the heineken the heineken society day and i think it was october 20 uh 2019 and uh you know that's that most of the time that was the only time i was playing ashburn and we're mm. in society events or yeah. way days and stuff like that you yeah. know so the amount of have coming through ashburn and golf club is is amazing you know yeah no it's, it's, it's good and uh i really hope now that i wouldn't say that they've got everything under control but all the vaccinations seem to be going really well um 
and for me, I don't know, I don't know whether you agree or not. There seems to be like a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Um, yeah, yeah, I'd say so. You know, with with regard into you know the vaccinations, I think I saw a figure yesterday evening, which is you know it's gone past I think ten million now um, of the first dosage, which is a massive number. Mm. Um, so hopefully that if, you know it's a good thing that number's still going up. Um, and it's not going to go know, down. Well, it's not going to go down, but it's, it's, it's good to see that it, it's still going up quite steadily. It's not just, yeah. it's not just you know, sort of hit a wall there. And people, you know, you have all these, all these people online mm-hmm. saying, "Oh, I'm never getting my vaccination." And I, I've got to be honest <laughs> with you, I I don't really um, spend a lot of time on Facebook uh, or social media or watching the news or anything. And I, I try whenever, to say, whenever it comes to COVID nineteen, I wouldn't go on the internet because it just there's there's a lot of there's a lot of everything, you know, there's, when are we going out? When are we leaving lockdown? You know, there's another lockdown on the way. Yeah. There's all, there's all, everything was all over Facebook. So yeah, I, 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 I read, don't spend a lot of time on there. And um, yeah, I, I, I just try and stay away from it. And I, I think, I think lockdown is, is tough enough as it is without getting yeah. kind of drawn into these spirals of negativity. And I, I just try and, you know, just take each day as it comes. Um, yeah. You know, do the really important things really well, like looking after the little one, trying to put food on the table, just being nice and um yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, just take sure. one one day at a time and you know, like everything in life, everything comes to an end and this whole pandemic is gonna come to an end. Um when it'll yeah. be nobody yeah. knows. But uh yeah. Yeah, um I mean, yeah, I just I can't wait to go back back to a normal sort of everyday sort of thing where I, I'm allowed to go to the gym and I'm allowed to, you know, go to the pub, you know. <laughs> so yeah, you look like you put on a bit of weight. I have. I bought a bike. You'd be proud to know. Oh, have you really? Yeah, I have. I bought a bike, you know. Oh, what, recently. Last what, week, have you, what have you bought? Um, Nothing that you would probably know of, if I'm honest with you. Come a, on. A, um, I'm trying to think what it's called now. Is it a road Correct. bike or a mountain bike? It's a, a hybrid. Ah, okay. So uh, it's a Carrera. Yeah. Uh, I forgot what the other bit was, but it's you know it's it's, it's decent. It's nothing compared to your mountain bike that I've seen or the <laughs> size of you know the, you know three tires in one. Yeah, <laughs> my fat bike. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I've 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 been on it uh, once or twice now, and it's good. It's good. good. You know, I I, wasn't, I was never going to pay masses of money for for a bike because yeah. I, I, I was only going to go for a for a say. I think I did a ride. Uh, last week, which was from my house to Langland Bay and back, you nice. know, which is, which is, it was good. It was really good. Three, you know, I, I went out and I know, you know, traveling wise and, and, you know, exactly meant to do, you know, past five miles, which they say, but I don't, they, I don't, I don't think there's that restriction in place with the, Oh, well, I hope not. <laughs> I went to Langland Bay and back. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think yeah. so. It's, it's more, it's more the starting from home and finishing a home, which is the, the sticking oh, well, point. And I think, yeah, um, yeah. Like I, I, I've, I've done, you know, I done, I done eighty miles last weekend. Um, I, I went from Clenetley down to Porthcawl and back. So, like, if if you're if you're gonna get fined for for going to Langland Bay, I'm gonna get a bloody massive fine. But I, don't, <laughs> I honestly don't think there's um, yeah, yeah, a restriction on how far you can go um, yeah. for for exercise, or at least mm. not that I'm aware of. Anyway, and if there is, we need to edit this podcast and take all of these bits out. So, <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Uh, there's no coppers in Ashburn Golf Club, is there? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, there's quite a few. <laughs> but but anyway, I I I don't I don't think this is going to be a podcast which is going to be listened to by thousands and thousands of people. And um, no, yeah. I, don't, I don't think I don't think we've done anything wrong there, Tom. <laughs> yeah, but well, it's good, look, you know, getting fit and healthy during the pandemic is really good. You know, I, yeah, I, I agree. I'm one, I'm one who's 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 lacked it at the very start. I you know I decided to to do something i never did anything <laughs> i was only uh, teasing when i said you look like you put on no, weight because you really don't no, that hit me hard that one i hurt that hurt my feelings <laughs> again that was another another example of how you teed yourself up for a little bit of uh, a little bit of banter exactly. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway dom uh we, we've done 50 minutes there so it's uh we, we, we've, we've had a, a good effort of probably talking about nothing um i'm just rambling on about you know all sorts of different stuff but i, th- I think that's the whole point about these podcasts is you know they they, they don't need to be very serious um broadcasts about uh you know political stuff within the club 
I, I, I'd love just to, you know, get other members on, have a chat, you know, and, and even use it as an opportunity, like we were discussing earlier, to get to know people as well. And, yeah, you know, there's there's people who've been members of Ashburnham for, for donkey's years, and I'd love to hear kind of like stories about, you know, some of the best shots they've seen, some of the best rounds of golf they've played, how the course has changed over the years. And I think it'd be really interesting for, for a lot of the members who are tuning in for it as well. Yeah, I agree. You know, it, it, it is it is nice to listen to stories from you know the the more maybe yeah. senior members that have been there for 30, 40 years even you know where they've seen the golf club grow, they've seen the membership grow, they've seen other they've seen so many people come through the golf club. Yeah, you exactly. Know, I, I'm not sure if Ashburnham um they probably have produced some amazing golfers. Yeah, they were always at, always yeah, had yeah, a strong yeah, kind of playing. Uh, yeah. So listening to their stories on maybe people's names that you other members might know yeah, of, yeah, where the big players, you know, and I think I'd be you know really good going forward for this podcast. Get trying to get other members on you, and, and I, I don't even want to put like. Um... It doesn't have to be good players. Like I, I'd love even just to get on somebody who's been a member for like maybe two years or a year. I mean, maybe joined yeah, in lockdown and just yeah. listen to their experiences. Um, you know, just let them talk about the golf course, get to know them a little bit more, and you know, I, th- I think it's a good opportunity, really. That um, you know, in, in the day and age we are, where everyone's locked down, um, you know, just people can get to know each other just a little yeah. bit more and perhaps know a little bit more about somebody that they wouldn't have known before. Um, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know whether you've got a hybrid bike and you know, uh, that, that, that's great because in, in all seriousness, before this whole pandemic kind of, um, hit, I actually organized a little ride for the members where we rode from here. Um, and there was, there was a good, good dozen of us. We rode from here, uh, down to Mumbles. We had a bite to eat, a cup of coffee and, and came back and it, it was, it was really good. Um, so you know now that you've got a bike, you know you can yeah. you can join in on those. Definitely, definitely, yeah. Yeah, that'll be great fun. Yeah, but Dom, I, I want to say a big thank you for your time. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, I hope you haven't got up too early to um, to start this. I know. I think this is, this, is my, this might be the earliest I've woken up in uh, in <laughs> a couple of yeah, weeks. You, you you need to have a little one year old in your in your life, and that that'll all, uh, that'll all change. I tell you. <laughs> 10 to 5 hours up this morning. Oh, lovely. Great. But but yeah, se- serious serious stuff. Uh, thank you very much for your time. I'm so grateful. I'm sure a lot of the members are going to enjoy listening to, you know, a, a little bit more about you and your background. And for any members who are listening to this and maybe they don't know me very well, they don't know Dominic very well, you know, please call into the shop, come in for a chat. You know, we, we don't expect you to buy things every time you come in. Um you know, even just a little light-hearted chat about the weather, about uh, about anything, about the golf on the weekend, uh, anything in general um, is, is is great for us. So, yeah, uh, I look forward to seeing everyone soon. And Dom, thanks once again. Yep, thank you guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for listening, and, and thanks, Tom.